0: Amen. Uh, Glory to God. Amen. What a great day. It's a great day to be alive. Amen. Gosh, I may love that song. Man, that song is great. Say, I'm a child of God. Amen. We are children of the most high God. Glory. Well, tonight, um, we're. Th- this whole year, God has told me to dedicate this whole year, number one, what we've been talking about regarding following through in our lives. And number two, dedicate this whole year to talk about as as born again christians how well not 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 first and foremost how but first and foremost what the name of jesus is to do in and through our lives and and What the revelation of the name of Jesus brings to a person, to a born-again Christian, that Jesus intended for it to be in in and through their life. And all year long, we're going to teach on it. We're going to teach and preach. We're going to sing about it. We're going to meditate on it. And we're going to follow through and do things with and through the name of Jesus and see supernatural manifestations and miracles happen in and through your life, in in and in and through and to the lives of other people. Amen. I, I, I'm all, all all my life. Early on, I've been saved for a long time, close to forty years, and uh, I was saved when I was two. Forty-two. No, but. Uh, Early on, someone taught me that you don't pray to the Holy Spirit, but you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus gave us direction. There's all different types of prayer, and there's different types of commands and confessions, prayers of faith, prayers of consecration, really learning to understand what the Word says, and how we're to use the Word in our life. We're, we're Christians. We're, we're Christ-like people. We're supposed to be like Christ. And He's given us the power and the authority of His name, the power of attorney to use His name to do what He did in the earth. Plain and simple, that's why we're here. He came to set it up for you and I, for us to walk in his footsteps, and do the things that he did. And he said we would do even greater works. Why? Because in his day, it was him. In this day, it's all of us. It's not just a select few. It's everybody. Amen? But we've got to understand it. We've got to understand it. Um, so <clears throat> tonight, and I don't know how long for a few weeks on Wednesday night, we're going we're gonna to talk, and the title of my series is Healing in the Name, Divine Health and Healing in the Name of Jesus and what that looks like. But, <clears throat> you know, if I lined everybody up tonight and we all talked about what our experiences are with divine health and healing, we'd have, however many people are here, we'd have all different types of experiences and what people think about health and healing. Um, and so, we're going to lay a foundation regarding healing from the understanding of salvation. We're going, to lay, we're going to lay a foundation of healing from salvation. And tonight, I want to start, this will be a foundation of scripture we'll use probably periodically on, on Wednesday night. But it's Mark chapter 16, and it's Mark's account of the Great Commission. And the 14th verse of Mark 16 says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Everybody said, Gospel. What is the gospel? It's good news. It's, it's the Bible. It's the revelation that comes from how good God's word really is. He said, preach this, this good stuff, this good revelation to every creature. Verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be, contem- will be condemned. Verse 17. And these signs... Will follow those who believe. In my name, in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will, it, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Go back to verse 16. <clears throat> He who believes and, and is baptized shall be what saved so i'm i 'm going to talk about a few words that are kind of a part of Christian ease in our society and in our world salvation, new birth, believing, faith in God, those kind of things they 're all part if you're, if you 're a Christian because you, we hear so much of the word. You know, they just kind of become a part of our vocabulary, but do we really understand what these things really mean? And, and he's saying here, in verse 16, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Okay? But he who does not believe will be condemned. And verse 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, those who believe, those who, those who are born again, those who were born the first time choose to accept the plan of salvation and get born again, and, and so they're born a second time. Those people, if they do that, he said, if, if they believe in my name, all of these signs will follow them. And he said, you'll do these things in my name. And one of those is that you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, I was, um, I've done this a couple of times, but I've, I've been in different places outside of this church where I've preached in, in other churches. And I've asked this question How many have ever prayed for the sick? I've asked people this question How many have prayed for the sick? And, you know, usually when, when I say that, you know, they'll be. There'll be a a number of hands, And, and I ask them this question. How many have ever laid hands on the sick and they didn't recover? And most of the people that raise their hand will raise their hand and say, I prayed for somebody, I laid hands on them, and they didn't recover. This scripture says in the Great Commission that if you're born again, if you understand what born again is, that you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If you believe that when you lay hands on the sick, you're doing it under the power of attorney to use His name. The power is in His name. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. In that name, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We have to understand what this salvation experience really is. Now, I think everybody sitting in here tonight could say that number one salvation is the forgiveness of our sins we're forgiven if you're born again and you've asked Jesus to come and live in your heart you've repented for your past you've embraced the future old things are passed away and behold all things have become new that's every day that's a one-time experience and then it's an everyday experience because we don't give in to condemnation just because of mistakes that we've made. The enemy will come to you and tell you and remind you, and actually, it's almost like he takes photographs of your mistakes. And he brings them across your mind to remind you of what a worthless, no good piece of whatever that you are. When, in God's eyes, that's not who you are. Right? But we have the power and authority in that name, to cast those thoughts down, to receive our forgiveness, but does salvation end with just the forgiveness of our sins? So I want to just lay a little foundation around that and just look at the Scripture. You, you know, so, some of you may have heard these verses of Scripture, some of you not, but it doesn't matter. No one knows these scriptures like we need to know them. And when you hear it preached, because God wanted it preached, it will stir things inside of you and take you to another level. Amen? Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Acts 4 and 12. Nor is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Nor is there salvation in any other name. You know, I mean, in, in, a, in a, a little bit more normal translation, it says there's, there, there's no, there is not salvation in any other name. That means that the name of Jesus and salvation are synonymous. You can't separate the two of them. So let's say it like this. The name of Jesus is salvation. Would you say? I'm going to say it like that tonight. The name of Jesus, it is salvation. Now, in Romans, everybody say, there's no other name. There's no other name. No other name. Romans 1 and verse 16. Paul says this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everybody who believes for the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the word of God. I'm not ashamed of the revelation of the word of God and what the word of God says. And listen, the word of God goes the Word of God and real revelation of the Word of God goes contrary to church doctrine. Well, no, back it up. Not church doctrine, religious doctrine. Okay? It goes contrary. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Why why did he say that? Because they tried to make him feel ashamed. They tried to make him think that he was nuts for the things that he preached. People, what I'm teaching you tonight through the years and all my years of preaching and teaching the Word of God, I mean, lots of people cannot embrace what we're talking about in regards to the name of Jesus, that we have the rights to use the name of Jesus to see things happen in the earth, that we have the power of attorney to use his name to see whatever come to pass no matter what it is if it's the will of God it, it will come to pass in the name of Jesus but what we have to do is we have to believe see in these verses of scripture that I've been talking about it's not it doesn't just happen like it's not a magic show it's not some trick show it's not something where you try to you know manipulate God into something going on you have to believe this tonight what, what I'm talking about, the, the fact that there is healing in the name of Jesus, you have to believe that. And you have to believe that you have the right, as a born-again Christian, somebody who has, been, who has been forgiven of their sins, that you have the God-given right. All of heaven is backing up everything that you say in his name. If what you say you got from him, and he said, say it, So our connection with God through the person of the Holy Spirit is vital to us learning and understanding what rightfully belongs to us, what we have literally, what we have a right to. Um, In my, my, one of the study Bibles I have is a Schofield Bible, and in the margin of my Schofield Bible, it gives a definition of salvation, And, and this is what it says. Salvation is forgiveness of sins, but so much more. Um, he says the I gotta read my own handwriting here. Um he says the Hebrew and the Greek words for salvation imply forgiveness, deliverance, safety, healing, and soundness. It is the it, it is. The great, inclusive word of the gospel. Salvation is the great and inclusive word of the gospel. Gathering into itself all the redemptive acts and processes. It is an all-inclusive word. It, it, it actually, and, and, and as you look this word up in the Greek especially... The, the word soteria in the Greek means total completeness. So when we see the word salvation, many people think of salvation as the forgiveness of our sins. But if we limit it to that, then we, 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 we shortcut and short-circuit God's will and His plan on the earth. We can't limit it just to that. Everybody say, thank God for it thank God that we are forgiven for our sins and our mistakes. Where would we be without it? But there comes a place and a time when we've got to rise up beyond the elementary part of it. You know, the the day um, as uh, Harmony's baby was born not too long ago, on that day of of the birth, it was awesome, And, and right now there are they're holding it and taking care of the baby and, 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 and feeding it, and pretty much what it does is it eats and sleeps and, you know, what it does. And, um, and but if the child is 17 years old and they're still carrying it around, there's something wrong with that, Right? We, we, there comes a time when you go on, you know, you know and as parents, you hate to see, you look, you, you look at your little babies or you see pictures when they were little bitty, you know, and you think, oh, how, you know, how great that is. But no, you press on, you go past it, you grow up. And in the kingdom of God, for us to see in 2017, for us to see the manifestation of miracles and signs and wonders in the earth. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ and I'm talking about gates of the city. For things to happen, we have to go beyond being forgiven and know who we are and realize we're his hands, we're his feet, we're his mouth, and the anointing of God that was on him, same spirit that raised him from the dead, is the same anointing and spirit that dwells on the inside of you and I. And God has intended for us to rise up, use the name, and accomplish great things in the earth. But we've got to see it. Amen? Can you say amen to that? Amen. so, so, what salvation is, and, 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 and hear me when I say this, this, this is elementary based on what I just got through talking about, but it's something that you have to think about all the time. So, the, 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 the five elements that Schofield mentioned are, you can find literally in the Greek translation, he's a, he was a Greek and Hebrew scholar, so he, so he understood that. That's why I like to read a lot of his footnotes about specific things. But um, salvation then, the, the, the good news of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So salvation is the power of God to be forgiven. Salvation is the power of God to be healed. It, it, it's the power of God to be delivered. Right? The good news, the Word of God, the words that we hear preach that get down inside of us, they are the power of God for soundness of mind. To have the ability to renew our minds and to overcome. It's, it's, it's in It's in that salvation experience, and salvation is manifested in your and my life through the power of that name. It's that name. It's believing that, you know, part of the problem is our minds think it's more difficult. It can't be that simple. Well, what do you mean, just the name? Well, if if you've if you if the name of Jesus has become common to you, I I I I've been at churches and I've asked when I've taught along this line, I've asked people, I've asked churches. I said, so what is the name of Jesus meant for for the church? Well, to reverence and to honor. Yeah, thank God for the name of Jesus, but we're called to use it. Yeah. Right? Yes. We, we we don't want to get away from. Listen, listen. This name can become so common that we miss it. And I'll just tell you this, people with attitude towards believing they have the authority in the name is because the name or just the, the, just hearing the name of Jesus or whatever has become a common thing that it's just, it's just this thing that is out there and beyond us, and we're just to reverence it, but it really doesn't do anything for us. And you know, if anything's going to happen, it'll just be because God willed it to happen, and if God wants something to change, or somebody healed, well, He'll just will it to happen. Well, He already willed it. And the reason people aren't healed, and why we struggle to receive healing, is because we don't understand it. And we don't understand that so much of our life, people spend their lives praying to receive healing when, and, and you can go look this up for yourself and you can study it out for yourself. Three times in the book of Acts, in the 28 chapters of the book of Acts, which is the church in operation after the day of Pentecost, for the most part other than chapter one, all through the book of Acts, three times, twice the Apostle Paul and once Peter, he prayed and then he ministered, they ministered healing. But not one time in the book of Acts, not one time that I found, you, you may find something and you can correct me on it or whatever, but not one time in the book of Acts that I find where the church prayed for people's healing. What did Peter tell the man in in Acts chapter 3? What did he tell him at the gate? He said, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And what did he do? He rose. Time and time and time again in the book of Acts, you see where they commanded something to happen in the name of Jesus. When Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house, and they, they, there was a massive crowd, and he stopped, and he said, who, who touched me? And they said, well, the whole crowd touched you. What do you, what do you mean? He said, no, 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 somebody in faith touched me. She said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Notice, Jesus didn't stop in the middle of all the crowd, everybody join hands, and start praying. What do he say? Your faith has made you whole. Faith in what? In him. <laughs> faith in the name. Time and time and time again, do you see See, Jesus said, the works that I do, is he, was he not the example that you and I were to follow after? Absolutely, he's the example. We've got to do it his way. He came here to give us his name and the power of attorney to, because, see, to get this, what you have to begin to see yourself as, you have to see yourself as we sing the song, you have to see yourself as a child of God. And then you have to see yourself as a sibling of Jesus. Then you have to see yourself as a joint heir with him. Then you have to begin to see that it's vital that I understand who he is, what his name is here for, for me, and then how to implement that in the earth on a day-to-day basis. So I'm just gonna talk just for a minute about this, about the name of Jesus. So, so, okay, how so how do you implement the name of Jesus? See, all through the, all the scriptures that I've read to this point and the rest that I'll read here in the next few minutes, all of them talk about you have to believe this. You have to believe in what the name of Jesus can do in and through you and to the lives of other people. And and what I find out, there's no limit to what the name of Jesus can do as long as the way I implement using the name of Jesus is under the command of God the Father. So when I pray to the Father... In Jesus' name, the Bible says, God will give me and do for me anything that I ask for when I pray to him that way. So when I pray to the Father, he tells me what to do, and then I use the name. So when I said that earlier about praying for the sick, when I said that about the book of Acts, about them not praying for the sick, they prayed, and then they ministered to the sick. What's the Great Commission? You'll lay hands on the sick, Notice he didn't say, you'll pray for the sick. He said, you'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Or whatever. So so using the name of Jesus in a personal way in your life on a day-to-day basis, developing this understanding in Revelation, how how is it done? What, what, it, what does it look like day to day? That's what, that's what has got to be painted in your life because the enemy is working overtime to paint pictures and take snapshots of what don't work, what hasn't worked, what didn't work for someone else, trying to convince you that this really doesn't work. See, the worst thing that we can meditate on and look at and focus on is what didn't work for someone else or what, you, what they think didn't work. Listen to me. If my body is attacked with something, my body's been attacked a number of different times with specific things. Well, I didn't, I didn't just tell anybody. Because actually, when sickness comes against us, I have the authority to command it to go. I don't need 5,000 people necessarily praying for me to be well. Necessarily unless that's the will of God, necessarily. Don't get mad at me about that. I'm talking about what the Word says. See, when we don't know how to pray, that's where we come to the aid of other people. That's where we pray and believe God for those things to happen. But God wants us to arise and to understand in an elementary way how much power and authority that we have with that name to exercise it and use it against the enemy in every situation that we face. if When something attacked my body, if something attacked my body and I went down as a result of it and I didn't make it as a result, does that mean I lost? (sighs) Absolutely not. I'll go down fighting and believing to the end no matter what and on the other side I win. See, you get the thing off of you, well, what if it doesn't work? You know what? The Bible doesn't talk about the word not working. So why, why should I focus on it? Where, when we talk about why, what if it doesn't work, it's because of where we think it hasn't worked for other people. Listen, where you're at in the revelation that you're walking in, and where someone else is at in the revelation that they're walking you, you cannot judge what other people are going through. You cannot judge what you think is the end result in someone else's life, and, and base that as scriptural you know, evidence of why something will work or not work. i got to take the Word of God, put it to work, do what I know is right, and along the way develop my level of faith and my belief and expectation, because every single time in the Word where it says that you really believe in something, then it's done. He said if you're born again, if you're born again and you have revelation that through the name of Jesus, that sickness and disease is already defeated the same way that the forgiveness of our life and our sins are already forgiven before we even sin. When you get that revelation and then you go and lay hands on somebody because God directed you to, then they'll get well. Every time. So, what does that say for the church? Depends on what country you live in you've been infiltrated with unbelief or not or whatever. I can't tell you how many times that I've prayed for little children man, like that. Because they've not been indoctrinated with the unbelief that us as adults get when we're taught as we grow up how, you know, and and, and the world teaches us. If you're not being taught the word, then the world will teach you. You can only believe something when you see it. And the world really believes that. And listen to me, a lot of the church really believes that. You know, and yet, listen to me, just listen. I, I, you have to say some things like that. Don't get mad at me, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not saying I got it all down and I'm perfect and everybody else is a bunch of idiots. No way. But you got to say things like that because it's absolute truth and we got to get rid of it. Because actually, what's available to each and every one of us sitting here tonight Is everything that the Word says we have a right to in the name of Jesus? Whatever we have a right to. And then, in every given situation, you don't just copy what someone else did. You've got to get it you got to get the design and the plan from God Almighty. And the more you do that, the more it develops your relationship because you have to spend time with God to be able to hear God about what's right for you and what you can do and how you're to use the name of Jesus. It's not some flippant thing. Yes, we honor the name of Jesus. We reverence the name of Jesus. I mean, it's the name above every name. But then somewhere in that honor and that reverence, We've got to arise, get our head up, get our shoulders out, and really believe with boldness that we have a right to use the name. Well, but what if we get in pride? Then it won't work. (laughs) Done. You get in pride, it won't work. You start thinking, I mean, what what are you going to do? Start thinking it's you doing it? People that really operate where the power of God is concerned? People that really believe in the name of Jesus and the power from the name, they'd be idiots to think that it has anything to do with them other than the fact that you choose to submit to it and do what God says. And if you don't, it won't work. But God's given us, He's given us everything that we need to walk in this revelation, to see health and healing in our own lives, and in the lives of other people. How much are we willing to submit to his plan and what his word says? Amen? <clears throat> um, so, three, three verses of scripture that are the gospel, the good news for healing. And I want you to notice these three. <clears throat> Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, Isaiah 53, in verse 4. Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet yet we esteemed him stricken. Can Can you do the amplified on that verse right there? Surely he has bore our griefs, our sicknesses, weaknesses and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Everybody say sickness and pain. Surely he has bore our sickness and our pain, right? Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and we are made whole. Everybody say, we are. We not will be, we are. Now, this is the good news of the gospel where healing is concerned. Okay, Uh, Matthew 8 and verse 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by what we just read. Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. And then 1 Peter 2 and verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. He didn't say you will be when you feel like it. He said you were healed. All of humanity was healed at Calvary. Salvation encompasses so much more than just the forgiveness of our sins. The healing in our bodies, the deliverance in our lives, the soundness of mind, in other words, the wholeness of our soul, the, our, our security and our protection. I mean, He secured everything. Salvation is that security. And we have the power in the name of Jesus to implement those things on a day-to-day basis. You and I do. I'm declaring to you tonight that based on these three passages of Scripture, many more, but just these three, this is the good news concerning health and healing. And what Jesus accomplished 2,000 years ago was something that has now positioned us, and, and, and the Scripture says we were healed, not we will be. We were healed. We were set free. We have already been delivered. We've already been saved. He's already done the work. He doesn't go back to the cross every time someone makes a decision to receive Jesus. Every time a person needs wellness in their body, he doesn't go back to the cross. He's already done it one time. And we've got to understand that because in the world in which we live in, just in the natural world that we live in, that doesn't make sense. How could what someone did 2,000 years ago that actually started over 6,000 years ago, how could that actually work on our behalf today? How how can I be healed because of what what was the heart of the Father in the garden after Adam and Eve sinned? How could I be healed today as a result of the heart of the Father right then? For 4,000 years, his main goal on the earth was to win back and have his connection again with mankind by the Spirit of God. It was lost in the garden, and it was won back through the blood of Jesus. And his, and his, his war against the enemy, he defeated him. He rose on the third day. He, he ascended upon high, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And now we have the power of attorney to use that name that is enforced by what, where he sits at the right hand of the Father. All of heaven backs up everything that we do. But think about that for a minute. You and I have the ability. Actually, we have the calling to lay hands on the sick and see sick recover. And one of the reasons that people don't do that, yeah, they're afraid. You know, it can be intimidating. You know, I'm not, talking, I'm not telling you you just need to just run rampant everywhere and go lay hands on everybody. No, you're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. But most people don't believe in the name of Jesus and what it's really used for, what it was intended for. Most people don't believe that. Yeah, we reverence it. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, that name is known from one end of the planet to the other for however many years. People know that name. People use it in a wrong way. But people misunderstand what the purpose and the plan that God had for all of humanity in using that name. And it was to get the job done in the earth. And this year in 2017, as we walk in that revelation, they're gonna, things have all, listen to me, I'm telling you, things have already started moving and changing on planet earth like I, that, I, I believe the likes of the world is never seen. There is change that is happening right now. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how all the bickering and the, and the murdering and the, and, and the assault against different groups of people and all those kind of, I don't care about all. I'm, I'm not saying I don't care about it. I'm saying it doesn't matter what they're saying is going on in the earth. I'm telling you that when the authority of the name of Jesus is implemented in the earth through people that really believe we were given that name to use it, there's no end to what will happen. I'm talking about overnight. I mean, things changing overnight because we understand and then we do something with it. Amen? So, look at Ephesians 2, and I'll end with this. <clears throat> For by grace you've been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God. And think about that for a minute. Go back there just for a second. For by grace you've been saved, you've been healed, you've been delivered, you've been, you you, you have soundness of mind. You're, you're protected by grace. All this is yours through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9. Not of works, lest anybody can boast. It's not about you, it's not all that you do. And actually, you know, a lot of times people won't even notice. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. There's no way in the world that you and I can even understand what good works are without the revelation of the name of Jesus. Because that's where your good works come from. Which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in these. Now.